0: 2020 bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au Well it may seem a little way off to you but it's drawing closer all the time. The idea that we'll very soon be commemorating a 100 years since Gallipoli, Anzac Day next year. And there are so many different dimensions throughout Australia who are preparing in different ways. There's even been a ballot so that people who wanted to go could actually go. And there are so many people who were disappointed and will miss out. But let's come back to Gallipoli today and talk about Gallipoli in its historical context. I'm back with the author of a book called Gallipoli, The Road to Jerusalem. His name is Kelvin Crombie, joining us again today to talk about the significance of Gallipoli and how important it's been in the shaping of what we see today as the Middle East, not to mention the fact that we've been shaped by Gallipoli here in Australia and in New Zealand. Hello, Kelvin. Welcome back to 2020.
1: Thank you, Neil. Good to be with you again.
0: Kelvin, we've all got our eyes set on this big commemoration that's coming up. It is a time which uh, will be so significant, a milestone, a centenary. When you think of Gallipoli, you're not necessarily just thinking of a battle lost. What is the significance to you of Gallipoli?
1: Well, the significance of Gallipoli, Neil, is that it was the end result, you might say, of a long period of history for well over 100 years. A conflict like Gallipoli, even at Gallipoli, was on the cards. It was going to happen ever since Napoleon invaded the region in 1798. And you know, I won't go into all those details now, but when Napoleon invaded the region in that particular year, it was the beginning point of Western involvement in that region. And until that point in time, that region had fallen off the international radar screen. European powers, for instance, were circumnavigating uh, Africa to get to Asia and to get to Australia and New Zealand, while they were going straight to the Americas. For thousands of years, the region of Gallipoli, all the way around to the sewers, had been of great geopolitical and economic importance. But it dropped off the screen. When Napoleon invaded that region in 1798, it came back onto the radar screen and has not gone off since. And we saw lots of conflicts in the hundred years after Napoleon's invasion in that region between Russia, Britain, France, Turkey, all these different countries were involved with each other or against each other. And so, at some stage, there was going to be a major confrontation, and that happened at Gallipoli. Gallipoli also was the beginning point of a road, and that road then led on down into, or back to Egypt, across the Sinai, into the land of Israel to Beersheba, the capture of Jerusalem, and the capture of the entire Turkish Empire in Asia, which itself then led, or set up, allowed the establishment of independent Arab nations such as Iraq. Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, in time, Saudi Arabia, and the Jewish nation of Israel.
0: What you're saying here is that Gallipoli was so important uh, to the shaping of what we see today as the modern-day Middle East. It was really the starting point, and Australians were right there on the beaches.
1: That's entirely true. They were there alongside the New Zealanders, the Brits, and and others, but it was an important part of the bigger picture, which ultimately led to the restoration of Israel and the establishment of those other Arab countries. And many people, for instance, don't realise all those Arab countries came into existence uh, in the period of the First World War. It wasn't just the Jewish state that came into existence as a result of the First World War. So did those other nations. If there had been no Gallipoli campaign, and if the Turkish Empire had not been defeated in war by our soldiers, it might have remained and there would have been no modern-day Arab states as they were established afterwards.
0: Kelvin, when we think of Gallipoli, we know the story of what happened on that day in 1915, but we don't always know why we were there and why these things were coming about. What are your thoughts on how we appreciate and understand why we were at Gallipoli?
1: Well, I do think that you're right there. I don't think the average Australian New Zealander thinks much beyond the fact that we were there, but I try to focus people upon understanding the bigger picture i'm not one of those that's terribly interested in what the fourth battalion did on the 7th of september 1915 for instance there are those out there that know what the fourth battalion did blah 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 that's of no great significance to me what i think is important is to understand this bigger picture and to understand how our two nations have been allowed by a sovereign god to be involved in these plans and purposes of Him, of his, of God's, for the ultimate establishment of modern-day Israel. And so ultimately, in my opinion, it does go back to the plans and purposes of a sovereign God. So I don't like for people just to be immersed in the historical factors without realising that, hey, this is part of a much, much bigger picture and a much, much bigger plan.
0: Kelvin, when we think of a sovereign God and his plan, for typical Aussies, as you say, uh, who know the details and the facts about our Anzacs arriving on Gallipoli, how much more rich and and deep is it uh, when we appreciate that there is a a hand of God that is directing the pathways of how the whole Middle East uh, interacts together, and what He may be doing in the history of the world.
1: Well, you use the word "rich" there, and that's all I can actually basically say. So it allows us to have a much richer understanding and appreciation. Otherwise, if we don't do that, what are we looking at? We're looking at a military campaign, and we're actually looking at and focusing in upon death, doom, and destruction okay the three d's death, doom, and destruction, and we might say, "Oh, yes, it was good for the formation of Australia, but at the end result, it's death, doom, and destruction, the same as the Western Front. But when you stand back and see it as part of a much bigger picture, you actually begin to see that there was actually some light and some life that came out of it. the light and life being the fact that despite one point five million Christians being killed by the Turkish regime at that time, still by the defeat of the Turkish Empire, an opportunity was provided for the survival of those minority groups and particularly for the Jewish people to have their own national home and an opportunity was given for independent Arab nations to be established. So I think we need to do that. We need to step back from focusing in upon death, doom and destruction and look at this much bigger picture. And besides that, you have to also comprehend that... um, the Gallipoli campaign, take it just by itself, and that's all that somebody's focusing in upon, then it could grow into an idol in a person's mind and a person's heart. And that's not going to be constructive and beneficial for anybody. So I think the end result is we have to try to encourage people to stand back and realise this is a much bigger situation than just Australians being at Gallipoli.
0: We're talking with Kelvin Crombie, author and historian, about his new book called Gallipoli, The Road to Jerusalem. Kelvin, stay with us. I've got some more questions for you in just a few moments. and I'm going to ask you, what would it look like if our soldiers had not been there at Gallipoli on that first Anzac Day? What perhaps would the world look like today? We'll come back and talk some more in just a few moments. We're back with author and historian Kelvin Crombie talking about his book Gallipoli, The Road to Jerusalem and in light of the fact that we are headed towards an amazing milestone, the 100th anniversary of that landing at gallipoli at kelvin in the last segment when we talked about the significance of gallipoli and the richness that you get when you have an appreciation of a sovereign god uh, moving around as it were something like the pieces on a chessboard if we were not there in gallipoli if australian troops had not been there if there had not been a gallipoli campaign a dardanelles campaign what is it? And I know it's only speculation, but what would the Middle East look like today?
1: Well, I'm glad you said it. it's speculation because um, most definitely it would not be like it is today. That entire region, of course, is uh, where we fought in 1914 through to 1918 was part of the Turkish Empire. Uh, Turkey was an Islamic empire. The Sultan of Turkey was also the Caliph of Islam. And so, if it had stayed on, well, it would have continued to run that particular way. There could have been some internal, um, dissensions, for instance, but, uh, in that system, as it was then, there was no room for the minority groups. They were known as Dimmies. D-H-I-M-I is a Dimmies, a second-class citizen, basically. Uh, a Jewish person or a Christian person. Uh, there was no room at all for any form of equality. For them in that particular region and so you could forget about there ever being a possibility of a state called Lebanon where Christians have uh, an opportunity to rule and you you could forget about there being a Jewish state of Israel where Jewish people have an opportunity to rule. Uh, Both Christians and Jewish people under that system would have been in subjugated positions. Then on top of that forget about there being any form of um, Arab nationalist entities, whatever you might want to take from that, but the fact is, is that there was an Arab nationalist movement in the Turkish Empire up until 1914, and the Turks were trying to suppress that as well. There may have been a time when that Arab nationalist movement might have just, in a sense, come to, to blows the Turkish um, regime. Again, we don't really know, but in 1914, that Arab nationalist movement would not have been able to go anywhere if it wasn't for the collaboration and assistance of the British in particular. Hence, you have the Arab revolt of King Hussein, Amir Hussein, his son Faisal, and Lawrence of Arabia. Well, that could only have actually happened because of the involvement and the encouragement of the British. And so uh, you would have had a different situation. How different today? I don't know. But if you look at the t- today's situation, you will see that there are many people... Uh, Many Islamic people in that region who want to go back to as it was in before 1918, before the Caliphate was actually demolished by Ataturk, Uh, and so you have many today who are saying, "No, we actually want to go back to, to as it was. We don't like to have these independent Arab nation states. We want to have the Caliphate again." And so I think what you've got today um, is a sort of a reflection of what was going on way back then in the time of the First World War. You had people who wanted Arab nationalist entities, and you wanted others who just wanted to remain uh, as part of the Islamic Caliphate.
0: Now, as we see the reformation of what is uh, intended to be a new Islamic Caliphate there in the Middle East, and we see that uh, pre-1915, pre-1917, that was the case that was in the Middle East. Is there a sense in which if we look at the strategic nature of Gallipoli and our Anzac forces there on the beaches as a part of that beginning of that campaign the Dardanelles campaign that really is you could from a western perspective say this was the beginning of freedom for nations in the Middle East uh, and uh, freedom from the oppression that they were under.
1: Well I think that's how many people would look upon it but conversely if you were um, an Islamic, strong Islamic person then and if you're a strong person today of an Islamic way of thinking you'd think that our forces there were actually fighting for the beginning of the destruction of the Islamic Caliphate and they would look upon that negatively and so you can well imagine that for many people a Jewish people and Christian people who have been released from being under the clutches of Islam instead of having to be second class citizens and you might think Understand from their perspective, they are happy that they have that freedom. But on the other side, there are many people are saying, uh, "Now, what those soldiers did was actually opposite to the very nature of what Islam stands for, because Islam is supposed to take control over that region which they called al Islam. So these soldiers coming from Australia or New Zealand and Britain and France, they were actually doing something which was not right. And so you can almost imagine from the perspective of some." that when it comes to the big celebration in Gallipoli next year, some of those people might say, what are we doing allowing these people to come here? Um, they come coming to celebrate or to remember an event which was the beginning point of the destruction of the Caliphate.
0: Well, we all look at history in different ways. Uh, we do have our own slant on it when it comes to a Western look at history, and then there's an Eastern look at history as uh, your... Uh, uh, highlighting for us. And uh, I guess uh, it's interesting and very important to actually have some of the facts of history so that you can make a appropriate assessment as to where you might stand in all of that. But let me encourage listeners to get a hold of Kelvin's latest book. It's called Gallipoli, The Road to Jerusalem. Kelvin Crombie is an author and historian. You can get some more details about the road to Jerusalem, Gallipoli, the road to Jerusalem, at www.heritageresources.com.au. You can also get a hold of Gallipoli, the road to Jerusalem from UCBDirect.com.au. Kelvin, great insights, as always, and uh, certainly appreciate you taking time to talk to us today on 2020.
1: Neil, thank you very much, but I do want to highlight to people, don't just take what I've said, at Value, please go and check out all this all this particular stuff and become familiar with the information yourselves to make your own uh, perspectives and decisions accordingly
0: like what you've just heard there's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au and remember vision is listener supported your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life learn more or donate today at vision.org.au